Welcome to this week's episode of the Compass Equip Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Evan, and I am not joined by Pastor Hayden because he is on vacation and you need to be praying for him. So make sure you be praying for him, Kayla, and Titus, that they would have a very restful vacation, that they would be filled up and rested so that they can come back here and pour themselves out to serve this church. Be praying for your pastors, and particularly Pastor Hayden, as he gets rested up so that he can come back and continue to lead us as our pastor. Well, Compass, we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ by reaching people for Christ, teaching people to be like Christ, and training people to serve Christ. And everything that we do here at Compass, including this podcast and all the other ones, is to fulfill that mission, to reach, teach, and train. All right, well, Compass, we are continuing in our uh, series in the Sermon on the Mount, and particularly the Beatitudes, Kingdom Happiness, and the title of this uh, Sunday sermon was the meek receive the world. And this is based out of Matthew five five, which reads, "Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth." And and so the main thrust, the main point of this point of the sermon, was knowing the eschatological plan, the end time plan of God, should motivate you and I to happily submit to the will of God. Because the meek, you know, meek is not, you know, meekness is not weakness. You know, a frail and weak person can be meek and a strong person, you know, physically strong person can be meek. What is meekness? How do I define it? Well, meekness is gentleness. It's um, humbleness is the word I'm looking for. Can you remember humbleness? So what is meekness? Circling back. What is meekness? It's humbleness. It's gentleness. It's patience. It's self-control. And most importantly, it's a submission to God's will. Those who are meek, including Jesus, were fully were submissive to God's will. And Jesus was fully submissive to his will, to the Father's will. He took his will and desires in his divine nature and in his human nature and matched them to God's desires, God the Father desires. So there are three points to this sermon as review. Find kingdom happiness and godly obedience. Persever- uh, number two is persevere in meekness. And point number three, yearn for Jesus's coming kingdom. And as a church, I really sympathize w- with you guys. You know, I know that many of you, we see what's happening in culture. We see what's happening on the news, we, in social media, to our friends, to our families, to our kids, uh, to our parents and grandparents. We, we see what's happening and we're really discouraged. It doesn't seem like God is really winning, that we're doing everything but revival here. We're de-revivaling here. There's not a great awakening. There's a great sleeping right now in this country. It's really heartbreaking. We seemingly have hope in maybe an area and direction of culture, and it's dashed to pieces. And it can be disheartening. And what our inclination to do is twofold. On one side of the spectrum, we want to give up. We want we, we sit in depression. We, we don't act. We, we really don't move. We sit in our anxiousness and sit in our fear and not being in control. And we sit in our anger, being mad at what people are doing, how sinners are acting like sinners, and how Satan seems to be ruler of this world. And we're upset. And we want to, and on another pendulum, we want to take it back by force. We want to be our good Texans and grab our guns and then exercise our Second Amendment rights to take back this country. 
And what Jesus is calling us to do is to accept his kingdom and to do it his way. I love that he, you know, Jesus referenced Psalm 37, where essentially he says, don't look at the evildoers and their success, really. We see people who are just sexually immoral, um, violently immoral, you know, uh, grossly immoral. We see people just giving into sin and we have to really slow down and remember that that was us and that is us. We still sin. We're still far from God. We still rebel against God. And we see that and it says, don't be disheartened. They might be celebrating. You know, you know, they're celebrating someone dancing on stage at the Grammys, celebrating Satan. However, don't forget their time is coming. So hold fast, stay focused, be meek and trust me. Submit what you want to do to what I want you to do. And what he, God wants us to do is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That is the greatest thing that we can do as Christians is to fulfill our mission to be obedient to God and to fulfill and to make disciples of Jesus Christ by evangelizing to the lost and to discipling and teaching the saints and kind of going a side tangent of discipleship. What really discipleship is, is conforming, helping someone conform to the image of Christ. Discipleship can happen to non-believers. Well, how? Well, they're in the image of God. We're all created in the image of God, but we're, our sin has perverted that. We are a perverted image of God. And God needs to redeem that. He's come to redeem his image. And so we proclaim the gospel. We evangelize. We share the bad news of our sins separating us from God and deserving of justice to the good news that Jesus took that punishment in, in our place and has defeated it. And no, we know how he's defeated it because he rose from the dead and he has a call for us to turn from ourselves, to repent and trust in him. We proclaim, we, we disciple people by explaining the gospel and calling them to respond to it. And then when they do, they're not perfectly in the image of God. They are washed and redeemed once and for all, but God calls us to be sanctified more and more each day, to be more, sanctified just mean be more holy. What does that mean? To be more like Jesus. And so we disciple people to be more like Jesus, and that is the worthwhile work of why we exist, Compass. In order for us to do that, though, we have to be meek. We have to, as the Jesus was meek to submit to the Father's will. We need to meek, to be meek, to set aside our will and what we want to do and submit to God's. And so that's where we're going to find true happiness. We'll find kingdom happiness and godly obedience. But that involves of changing our expectations. And so you know, someone may ask, you know, what does it look like to practically to adjust your expectations, our expectations to God's will? What it means is, you know, is looking at your calendar, look at your bank account. What do you spend your money on? And what do you spend your time doing and, and planning for? Now, we all have to work. We all have to raise kids. If we have kids, we all have to feed our families if we have families. But there's a way that God has called us to do it. We don't do it for ourselves or really for them. We do it for God. God says in Colossians, in Colossians 3 and 1 Corinthians 10 to work hardly. Whatever we do, eat, sleep, or drink. Do it all for the glory of God. Don't work for man, but work for the Lord. Why? To exalt him. So how do I adjust my expectations is I don't focus on the kingdom I'm trying to build. For some of us, we're trying to build that kingdom of retirement, that kingdom of comfort, the kingdom of smoothness, the kingdom of the perfect looking house or the perfect household. It's stopping that and saying, I'm trying to match what, what God's kingdom is. And really it's turning to the Bible and 
asking God, what do you want me to do? And then doing what he wants you to do instead of doing what we want to do. So that's one way we can try to match our expectations and really studying what is his kingdom look like and then look forward to that versus try to build something else. Say, I think Jesus would want me to have this. If you ask that question, you go, I think Jesus wants me to have this. You should go, well, what does the Bible say? And then go, okay, that's what he wants. I'm going to match it there. And so it's making sure that we adjust our expectations to God's. You know, point number two is to persevere in meekness. And, you know, this is difficult. I under, I've talked to many of you, I understand a lot of your lives. And I, I got to say, it, it breaks both Pastor Hayden's and I heart that some of the struggles that you're in, some of the tribulations and circumstances that you're in, it really breaks our hearts. And, and we yearn and, and cry out to God for you. But it doesn't change the fact that we're still called to be meek, to humbly with self-control and with joy and, and gentleness, submit our will to God's will. Despite of the circumstances around us, if um, our you know, an ex-spouse is, seems to be winning, you are supposed to be a godly ex-spouse. Maybe your child is rebelling and, and, and enjoying the fruit of their labor. God still calls us to be submissive to his will. Our co-worker gets the promotion and we don't, and they live a horrid, depraved life. And you're trying your best to do the right thing. God says, keep going, persevere. It's making sure, and how do we do it? It's making sure our motives are matched with God. Because you might ask me, how do I measure my own motives to know if I'm doing the things to the glory of God or for my own purpose? We'll just ask that question. That's how, how do we know? Ask that question. Why am I doing blank? Why am I pursuing this? You know, I need to bring justice. Why am I doing it this way? I need to do my job. Why am I doing it this way? I need to parent. Why am I doing it this way? And we have to examine ourselves and ask God and praying the prayer of Psalm 139, 23 and 24. God, search my heart, search my mind and reveal this any grievous way in me. And God, show me, do I do want to do this for you or for me? And I brought up the example in the sermon, but it's like, are we kind to people so we can get a deal with them? I really want to be kind to this person because they have a product that I want. Maybe they'll give it to me for free. Well, shame on us if that's our motivation because we should just be kind to this person because God has called us to be kind so that we can exalt him to them. And so in order for us to persevere, we got to do it for the right reasons because if we're just going to do it for our reasons, we might obtain what we want. And then what? I got the house. Great. So what? Now, now what do you do? You got what you want. What's next? You would be feeding a monster that will never be satisfied of self-indulgence. But if we pursue what God wants us to pursue, which is making disciples, doing it to exalt his name, to do things so that people may know, yeah, God is in me and he can be in you too if you repent and trust in Christ. If we do it for him, we can push on, no matter what the circumstances. Hence why I brought up Paul, all three points, because Paul persevered, even though he is uh, afflicted and beaten and you know st almost stoned to death and eventually had his head cut off and is imprisoned before that he can still find joy because he persevered in what god wanted him to do and so church i just really encourage you to really ask why am i doing this so that you can do it not for yourself but for god and then finally yearn for jesus's coming kingdom this is hard we we agree we might say amen pastor for saying that but man this is hard Life's uncomfortable now. Right now, my upper back is just sore, and I'm only 32. I'm like, all right, I'm 32 and young, and my upper back is already weak. I just want a comfortable back. I want a strong back. 
But there's a coming kingdom where I won't have to worry about that anymore. You know, we want a comfortable life. We want the particular couch, the particular bed, the particular home, the particular state to live in. You know, I do wish Texas wasn't as hot in the summer. Oh, well. But I need to look forward to a different kingdom, a coming kingdom that's bigger and better. So then how do I, as we see culture around us, how do I balance being meek, but also taking action and not sitting back where the world crumbles? We, we, we see this kingdom. What, what do we do? We see things are just falling apart. What do we do? Do we take it back by force or we just sit back and say, let's just get a sink and burn anyway? Well, we do our jobs. What is our job? Make disciples. America doesn't need a perfect politician. Donald Trump is not the answer. Ron DeSantis is not the answer. Greg Abbott is not the answer. Evan Jacobson is not the answer. Hayden Thomas is not the answer. And you are not the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. So what do we do? We don't sit back. We actually take action. This is what God's calling us to do. We take action, but we take action his way. Gently, humbly, self-controlled, and submissive to his will. What is his will? To make disciples of Jesus Christ. So we proclaim to the lost. We disciple the saints. A good example of this is actually uh, John MacArthur, a pastor in California, wrote a letter to his governor, Governor Gavin Newsom, as Gavin was trying to promote the murder, uh, murdering of children uh, for the rights of women in using scripture to justify it. And MacArthur had enough, but he did. So he called him out in such a meek way. He wrote him a letter. You can read the letter online, and I encourage you to. He wrote Governor Newsom a letter that was respectful, hospitable, gentle, self-controlled, but submissive to the word of God by proclaiming Christ to this man. If you read the letter, you'll see this. John wanted to see this man saved. A question to you is maybe you have strong opinions about our President Joe Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, um, our Secretary of Transportation, you know, Pete Buttigieg. You might have strong opinions about the ruler of China. Um, but it's just focusing things on here, governors in, in different states, or our own governor, Greg Abbott. But the question is, is are you taking action God's way? Are you praying for their soul? How many days a week do you pray for them? For those who you know you're, they're not Christian, how many of you actually pray for their salvation? And would be willing to embrace them in this church if they were saved? President Biden said, hey, I'm a born-again believer. I've repented of my life. I want to be a member of this church. Would you, with open arms, welcome him in? Because the meek would. That's what Paul was, uh, happened to Paul. One of the disciples came out and welcomed them in. The others were afraid, but he came out and said, he's been born again. So we yearn for his kingdom. And we yearn for the others, even our enemies, to have his kingdom by repenting and trusting Christ. The only way that we have this kingdom, kingdom is through Christ alone. The only way others can have it is through Christ alone. And so as we yearn for the coming kingdom, we yearn others to be part of it as well, including our enemies. And that's what the meek do. That's how we take action and not sit back and do nothing as the world crumbles. This country needs revival, but it's a revival from the heart, from sin to Christ. And so Compass has really encourage you, one, to have a heart that desires others to have this coming kingdom. And two, for you to have this desire. Being, I was telling your life group leaders, you know, I'm a 
Southern California kid. I love the ocean. I grew up in the ocean. I, I cherish the ocean. I love the ocean. I also love my wife. I cherish my wife. I'm devoted to my wife. But in this new earth that Christ is bringing, there's two things. One, there's no ocean, and there's no marriage. No, my wife will be there. That'd be great, but I'm not married to her. I enjoy being married to her. But God's saying, my relationship with Candace is actually be better in the new earth not being married to her than in this fallen world being married to her. Think about that. There's no ocean. The new earth will be better with no ocean than with, with one. Are we matching our expectations to the kingdom that Christ is bringing? Because his kingdom is going to be perfect, y'all. It's going to be amazing. No more tears, no more pain, no more mourning. We're finally dwelling in the, in, in the presence of God for eternity. And so that's something we need to make sure that we're yearning after. And if we yearn after that, it will help us keep us, keep us meek, humble, and, and submissive to God's plan because God's plan is this is what's going to happen. So either we fight against it and have a terrible time doing it, or do we follow God and enjoy uh, the ride as we look forward to his coming kingdom? All right, so but Compass, I just really encourage you to continue uh, doing the application questions. I'd love for you guys to go to question two and six and seven, but make sure you do all of them because these are going to really help you slow down and really take a step back and examine culture, examine people, you know, your life and the success of other people's, and to remember reality. God's not bringing an upside-down kingdom. God's just revealing, really, that we are the upside-down kingdom. We're the ones that are upside-down and cuckoo and wrong. He's like, no, this is actually what's coming. Oh, you think they're having success, the evil people are having success right now? Actually, their time is up, so be patient. And then also remembering, man, this is the kingdom to come. So make sure you, uh, if you miss any questions, but we pray that you don't, make sure you get to question six and seven. Really understanding the glory to come, understanding the coming kingdom, Compass, it's going to be so sweet. And so I want to make sure that you guys are focused on that because a life with Jesus eternally is greater than anything this world has to offer. So I pray that these application questions are a benefit. And then share your answers in group. We don't like quiet groups and quiet congregants. Share something that would encourage us to be built up to run our race in meekness well. All right, well, Compass, we have a handful of announcements, and handful is actually not true. We have a lot of announcements, so buckle up. Let's talk about some announcements. First off, as a reminder, we have a brand new podcast, the DBR Spotlight Podcast. This will happen right after this, so be sure that you are subscribed to that podcast so that you can be equipped to read your Bible with us this year. We're going to be focusing on the New Testament in the podcast this year. Next year, we'll go back to the Old Testament and then switch off. So make sure you're subscribed and listen to that after you listen to this. Next, we our life groups are back, which I'm excited about. I, I miss my life group. It was a great time off, but boy, did I miss them. So make sure you are uh, going to a group that you're connected in true community. And as a reminder... Midweek's back, Adventure Club is back, Compass Students is back, and of course, life groups are back. So one, be there. Two, bring your friends, uh, bring the, your friends in life group there, and also invite people to life group and let your leaders know, so-and-so's coming. I want you to meet them. It'll be a great time for God to continue to grow this church. Next, ladies, you have a Women's Fellowship coming up this Saturday at 9 a.m. It'll be a potluck-style um, breakfast, to my knowledge. There'll be a recap of the sermon and then small groups. And so feel free, to ladies, to invite people to be a part of uh, the Women's Fellowship as you re- recap the sermon that Kayla taught back in last month, which is February. It's, fe- it's already March, y'all. That's crazy. Time flies when you're having fun. 
And so be sure to be there, ladies. All right, Compass. Let's have a sit down. We need to make sure we don't lose our evangelistic fervor. So let's make sure we came out to plant a church to evangelize to the lost. So let's keep on going. So join us April 1st at 9.30 a.m. at the church building. We're going to pray, and then we're going out to the neighborhoods, and we're going to invite people to church, and we're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and we're going to pray that God would save some people. So church, don't skip out. House chores can wait, but the gospel can't. So let's meet together April the 1st, 9.30 a.m. Bring the kids, bring your spouse, bring your A-game, and let's go out to this this community and reach people for Jesus Christ. Because we want to invite them to Easter weekend, which is happening that, that next week, April 7th and April 9th. We have our Good Friday service at 4.30 p.m. and 6 p.m. So make sure that you are there. We will have Compass Kids from uh, birth to, to fifth grade. So be praying for Pastor Hayden as he prepares for these two sermons. He has a lot of work to do, so be praying for him in that. Uh, and then be you know, be bringing people and inviting people. And also we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. And of course we have the uh, Easter celebration after church. So let's invite people. Let's make sure, one, that we go to Good Friday and Easter to worship Jesus Christ and that we're inviting other people to come and hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So let's invite people, Compass. And then the weekend after that, we have the Family Matters Conference. And here's the cool thing, y'all. As I mentioned in the announcements in the weekend serv- uh, Sunday service, we're already halfway full. So if you are hesitating, do not hesitate no longer. It's $10 per person for someone who is in the sixth grade up until you are called to Christ. And if you register and you have kids, we have free Compass Kids available for those kids birth to the fifth grade. Um, and so make sure you do not hesitate. We're going to be talking about uh, parenting, marriage, finances, conflict resolution, and also having a breakout for the teens to learn how to be you know, godly, to be, uh, to be prepared to lead a godly home when they leave their home. And so do not hesitate. Do not wait because this will looks like it's going to fill up. So do not wait. Also, if you're willing to serve in Compass Kids, let me know. We need people who will miss the conference and serving kids. So please let me know if you're available to do that. Uh, if you have, we background check every person who serves in kids. But more importantly, we need about 20 to 30 people to serve so that we can facilitate this. So if you're willing, let me know at evan at compasshillcountry.org. And then finally, we have baptism services. Save the date for April 23rd. One, be there. Two, be praying. And three, invite someone. If you want to hear the gospel, this is a great service to bring them. And so uh, make sure that you are there. And by the way, if you are a born-again Christian and you've gotten saved recently, or maybe got saved decades ago and have yet to follow through with believer's baptism, well, it is time to obey Jesus Christ and get yourself baptized, my friend, to express what in, in a symbolic manner what has already happened. So register right now, if that is you. If you even have questions, register right now. We'll meet with the, one of the pastor, Hayden or I, so that we can help you walk through your testimony and then baptize you. So we are very excited for that. So be sure to register for baptisms if that is you. All right, well, Compass, I'm praying that your life group this week would be edifying and encouraging, and I'm praying that God would change you through the preaching of his word, and that God would continue to build his church. It's great having time with you. We will see you in life group, and we will see you next week. Next week.